Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. This is, a, this is an emergency pod. We had to call this. It, uh, it needed to be done. We weren't planning on doing podcasts, but big news this week. So uh, BTOsports.com, use the code PULPMX when you're checking out to save yourself money. Anything you need for your bike or body, they've got it. And, uh, again, great guys, great sponsors of the um, BTO Sports KTM team with Shorty and Brayton. OEM parts now. Great international shipping rates if you're listening to this from another country. And, again, use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money at btosports.com. And Fox Racing, foxhead.com, global innovation leader in motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out the brand-new 2015 Flex Air stuff uh, with Dungy, Rocks, and just some of the guys wearing Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. All right, everybody, like I said, emergency podcast session. Team 2-2 has folded. Chad Reed's uh, startup team. That he uh, begun a few years back. Uh, he announced that he was closing the doors on it, and uh, so we wanted to get together, discuss this, talk about the options, figure out what's next. And uh, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, my boss, RaceRex Online Zone, Jason Wygant. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, we we don't have enough read coverage. We may as well squeeze the podcast in there, Weege. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I actually had to have a meeting with Chase today, how we could figure out to not have four consecutive read stories on top of each other on the website. How can we? How can we balance it at least a little bit? But I guarantee you the hits are going to be huge. This is what people like to talk about. I'm sure other people who have had teams folded are going, uh, why didn't you guys give me that kind of coverage? <laughs> um, which there's Good been, point. you know, uh, I think the owner of PJ1 Yamaha is on, this, on line five. He's very pissed. He's very upset. Alan Brown is uh, sending you a text as we speak. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> That voice there, uh, voice of uh, Western Power Sports uh, Fly Racing Zone, uh, Jason Thomas. Uh, JT, it's good to have you on the show. Certainly you know a little bit more about this deal than, than most, having been uh, BFFs with Chad over the years. So, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's discuss this. First of all, I guess, um, Weege, we'll go with you. Um, surprised? What's your initial thoughts on this, just, just right off the hop when you heard about it? Uh, obviously, that's yesterday because I think we all knew unofficially this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, you know, when I first heard it, which uh, was last week, uh, I definitely was. I-, I did not see it coming, and it's really dumb on my part because during Fly Three Sixty Cameragate, which certainly has to be brought up in this topic, um, my whole point was always when someone complains that they're getting screwed and some sponsor and the series is terrible, and it's not just the outdoors, it's, it's anything, they, whatever series it might be in. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, if it's so bad, well, how come your team's actually still in business anyway? Sponsors you have must be so great and want you to race so badly that you're still competing, so it can't be all that bad. Well, I guess <laughs> it is all that bad now. 
he is indeed not racing. Um, so I did not see this coming at all. Yeah, when he said, if I, I need that money from the Fly 360 camera deal or I can't go racing, we just all said, yeah, 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 whatever. We were like, oh, come on, bro, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> what are you going to do, hold the team two weeks from now? Oh. Yeah, well, wait. Well, I mean, yeah, I should preface my question about surprising being based on the knowledge from a week ago. We kind of knew this was coming, and, 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 you know, the official announcement came out the other day, but... We've known since you know probably around high point that it was that it was most likely going to be done. So that's what what I mean. JT surprised or yeah. what's your thoughts? Well, surprise is a relative term because I knew that it was coming. You know, obviously before most. Um, I'm a little surprised at the timing, but I also know that uh, he's working on a lot of things for 2016, and I don't think that. Uh, good things were, were happening, you know, both for he and, and Josh Graham was injured, and a lot of things were kind of going south behind the scenes. So once you look at it from that perspective, uh, the timing starts to make a little bit more sense. You know, the rough side is just, you know, the team members and all that stuff, uh, which, which I'm sure Chad is sorting out on, on some level. Um, so surprising, no, because I've, I've kind of seen it coming for a while, but um, it's still uh, it's still a little shocking when you take a step back and realize that that mm-hmm. whole operation is just done. Well, I, I thought that um, I'm surprised at the timing of it. Not that it's folded up. Uh, if you go, I would say in the top five questions I have gotten the last four years, um, probably in the top five is how does Chad affording all that? You know, um, from industry people, from fans, from a lot of people, he, he had this team and he, he didn't he didn't go cheap. He had some really good people on there. He had a lot of staff on there. Overhead was very high. So in a way, maybe it's surprising it lasted this long. I don't know. But I am surprised at the timing. You would think a big team like that, uh, when Chad told me he you know he needed that camera deal to keep going, uh, like we talked about a little bit, we were thinking about like um, – you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But a big team like that is well budgeted, uh, well uh, accounted for. Everybody, everything's accounted for, and you would think that they would be accounting would last them through the year. So when Chad told me that, I was a little bit like, "Huh? Like, why would you even go racing outdoors if you, you know, on a hope and a prayer that you hopefully land a, a camera deal or whatever?" So I'm surprised at the timing. You would think at the end of the year, not surprised, you know, but. Um, Certainly leaving everybody out out there a little bit, and uh, some guys are still going to get paid, from what we understand. Josh Grant's going to get paid out. Some guys, like you said, JT is working on it, but I'm surprised that it uh, he didn't last the season at least. You know, putting Grant on the bike because let's face it, the outdoors have been going terrible for him. So at least putting Grant on the bike and going racing with a skeleton crew of some sort. So that's my that's my reaction. Uh, if it yep. if it's to be believed, I mean that's when I talked to Steve Aston, Chad's agent. Um, if it's to be believed, I mean, they were, they were exploring that option at least, um, trying to make that potentially work. Apparently it wasn't workable. You know, hunters still be on board with that type of setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not, but I, they did at least doing that, just marking that out. Your phone's breaking up, Weech. Go go stand somewhere else. I'm myself, but this is what you did. So yeah, because because your home phone sucked too last time we did this. That's doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, <laughs> I believe that was the plan. They were they were trying to uh, they were that was at least an option. I think they were trying that. Now my question is: We're joking about this camera thing, but in all seriousness, 
Was it actually the straw that broke the camel's back? I don't, I don't think it actually was. I think the um, timing is quite unfortunate to make it look that way. I, I don't know. I kind of think it, it, it was. I mean, JT, what do you think? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, for the maybe the outdoors, it was. Uh, I think long-term that the, he, he had made his mind up already. Uh, I really think that uh, the choices he's going to make for the 2016 season moving forward, he had been working on for a while. Mm-hmm. I think the camera deal could have kept the, the team afloat for the rest of the summer. Uh, but I would be more interested to see um, if the camera deal turns into some sort of personal sponsor that he can sort out a way to make that happen for next year. Uh, but no, I don't think I don't think it was necessarily the straw that broke the camel's back. I think maybe it just uh, sped up the process by a few months. Yeah, no, I think he'd still be racing. Camera deal, he'd still be out there racing. You know, because that's a lot of money. If if if, if he was to be, um, if he's correct on the numbers, the, the only thing is, is how would you possibly hinge your hopes on a camera deal that you know won't work? You know, we've seen team after team try this stuff. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I think. Uh... I think there may have been some underlying uh, motives there. Like I think he he was also trying to create change moving forward. If he you know he he operates like that a lot, where this isn't going to work, it's going to piss a lot of people off, but maybe it will allow me to use it next year or create change uh, that's going to benefit me. He, he's not scared to start controversy on ends like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew everyone knew that you can't you know GoPro had the deal and. But it's not beyond him to go into this thinking. Okay, well, I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shake things up, and if mm-hmm. it, you know, if it doesn't happen for me, it doesn't happen. But right. he doesn't. He always kind of flies in the face of authority like that to his own peril sometimes. So, Weege, I guess uh, going forward from here, looks like 2015 High Point National might be the last time we ever see the 22 on an outdoor track. That might have been it. And it wasn't good. It wasn't a great yeah. way to go out, but that would have been it. No. We, we just a bit on this podcast about, to, to me, when I saw that he was DNSing and DNSing motos, I was like, yeah, he's done. He's over it. He's, he's over it. This camera thing's got him mad. His results aren't good. He's, he's dealing with a little injury here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the last couple of years outdoors haven't been good. So none of that surprised me. Now, I know your angle was, yeah, but there are fans that don't know that, and they must have been like, what the hell is going on? But it didn't – to me, that, this is the, the path that it was all going down. I'm like, there's no way he's gutting out 24 motos like this. He's yeah. done, he's over, yeah. he's mad or disappointed or whatever it might be. Yeah. No, I, I wrote that a few weeks ago at Muddy Creek. I'm like, this isn't going to continue. Either he, gets it, no. either he gets it together and finishes in the top ten or he, he pulls out. Because what's going on right yeah. now isn't going to work, you know, so. No. And – um. I, I think what we've seen now is we've had a pretty large sample size with the last probably three or four summers that as far as Chad being a guy that can win races outdoors, the ship has just sailed there and there's no shame in that. Um, you know, at his age, you expect all the skills to decline. Somehow he's kept it up there in Supercross that can still win races. So mm-hmm. kudos to that. But to do it for 29 straight weekends a year, indoors and out, uh, that's only just passed. So he can be proud and not go out there and finish 11th every weekend or he can go out there and finish 11th every weekend and i think we know what option he's going to take right jt it's just remarkable like talking about his outdoors and how 2015 high point might be chad reed's last ever national remarkable you can draw a line from having a 16 or 18 point lead 
after Moto One at Millville in 2012, and looking like he could he could win the outdoor title, which I I would have put my money on him with four rounds left or whatever, to the Chatapult crash in the second moto, and his outdoor results since that since that crash, it's crazy. And I don't know. I'm not saying he got scared. He got freaked out. I don't know. But man, he went from winning to really struggling after that. Never really. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a 24 point lead, and it was going to be 27 uh, after that moto. Uh, and because I've had crazy long conversations, especially right after that crash, and I think you nailed it on the head as far as what happened. Uh, it, it really did scare him. Uh, I tried and tried and tried to, you know, kind of reinstill confidence in him over the, you know, in person over the phone. And, and I had knee surgery that summer, so I was doing nothing other than just hanging around. And, and I was around every day. And it really did. It scared him. You know, he just had a child that, you know, the year before. And not that that's, you know, something lots of people don't face. But for whatever reason, it just, it, it threw him off his game. It, it, kind of killed his confidence and he was worried about pushing the envelope, which has always kind of been difficult for him. Uh, he's always kind of a guy that rides in his comfort zone and usually that's pretty damn fast. But with, you know, w- when that crash happened, mm-hmm. Bill Poto and, and Dungey and all those guys kind of capitalized. And as we all know, Bill Poto caught fire at the end of that season and ran away with it. So who knows how it would have gone, but it yeah. sure felt like Reed had his number up to that point. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, all right, it would well, have been interesting because AT is a, a key point. It would have been so interesting because remember Villa switched to the 2012 bike there the last, I think, four races and really hit his stride. That would have been very interesting to see how that would have worked out. Certainly not a guarantee that Chad would have won, but no, no guarantee Villa Poto would have either. Would have no, no. Yeah, yeah no, it, absolutely. It would have been weird to see that just mentally – because if, you know, Reed ran away with the first motor that weekend and had already passed Bill Poto on that first lap, it probably, you know, yeah. I, I feel very confident saying he would have ran away with that moto. What does that do? Yeah, you know, it just just that crash changes everything mentally. You know, that yeah. that's the interesting thing. We'll never know is, was the bike the, the overall, you know, underlying thing that changed everything for Bill Poto? Was it a mental thing? Uh, those are the things that could, you know, create great bench racing sessions. The uh, getting back to his, yeah. getting back to his team and and you know the number one top five question for me is how does he how does he pay for that team? JT, if he has a a smaller team, is he still racing today? Is part of the reasons why this team folded because good God did he have some overhead? You know he went and even got a second rider this year. Um, you know he hired Shane Drew over from Honda as a suspension guy. Um, you know, he did it right. He did it the way he wanted to do it. He, he molded it after other teams, NASCAR, F1, um, a MotoGP that he had seen. I mean, is this, was his execution of the team part of the reason why it failed and just the high budget? I think it was his doing part to that. Uh, but I also felt, or well, he felt that that's what it took to compete yeah. on that level. Oh yeah, uh, he yeah, didn't no, want no. to be at a disadvantage um, against the guys he was racing against, and you know, for so many years, it wasn't about the bottom line. You know, he wasn't losing money. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, you know, in, in his in his statement, he said that 2014, you know, wasn't very good financially. Um, maybe that was the case that year, but I don't think most years it was a loss financially. Uh, 
but sure, I, I think that if he wanted to downsize significantly, he, you know, of course he could have made more money. Um, would that have changed where we are today? I don't know. That's tough to say. Um, you know, I, I think it would have maybe prolonged that, but I think he has some, some things he has in mind moving forward. Uh, of course, you know, ending the team wasn't ever really in the game plan because he, he was presented a very good option at the end of uh, 2013 uh, to do that. He had a very hard decision to make uh, when he turned down, you know, Ricky and Kerry Hart at RCH to go over there. It would have been very easy, easy to yeah. do that then and, and become very profitable again in his, in his racing enterprises. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to do that. So he, he still believed in it then. Uh, I think 2014 was a, a big turning point because just the, the money wasn't there. Uh, and he's been fighting it ever since then. And he, I think he just finally realized, hey, you know, this is not going to be a, a big financial windfall. And I don't have a lot of time left here. So I need to, you know, if I want to make some money, the time is now. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I've, I've had the same conversation with him. Like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I need these people. I need them. <laughs> it's like, all right. Just, you, you know, he, <laughs> he had some high salaries over there with those yep. guys. Great guys yeah. and, and highly skilled, you know. So if you're. Well, we, while Racer X posted a, a letter from Dave Osterman, the team manager, um, that Dave Dave wanted to write, Weege um, contacted you. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this, Weege: If you're one of those guys at Team Two Two, are you a little are you bummed out? Are you a little angry that it's it's folding early? Not that it's folding. I mean, a guy does what he's got to do, but that it's early like this. Well, we don't know the details as far as if those guys, or maybe somebody here does, but I mean, if those guys are flat on their face and not getting any money at all. I'm not exactly sure how that all works. So, um, assuming that they're not, assuming that they're not getting paid because the team stopped halfway through, I could see how they might be mad. But to be honest, uh, this is what they signed up for. I mean, a lot of them left factory teams, which are much more stable positions than any private team ever will be. You know, Team Kawasaki is not going to stop racing because one person just decided, you know what, it's not worth my time anymore. You know, it's just yeah. not the way a factory team would work. So, yep. when you move to this environment. You just have to know going in what the risks are going to be. So I, I don't think you can blame anybody uh, but themselves. This is the risk they were willing to take. I'm sure it was an awesome ride where they were doing it, and yeah. they probably thought it was the best job they ever had. So those are the sides. So they might be mad the way it ended, but I have to feel like if you sign up for a team like this, you've got to know that any day could be the last day. We've seen it happen plenty of times with these yeah. teams. Yeah, it's never good when you lose a team in the pits. Uh, there's no doubt about it. No. And if, and if I'm if I'm one of these, if I'm some people on some other teams, I'm pretty nervous because I think all these dudes at Team Two will get jobs. Team Two Two will get jobs. A lot of them are some of the best in the industry. So there's going to be some people, you know, some, some staff turnover with other teams because I think these Team Two Two guys are going to fill spots. You know, do you agree with that, Weege? That's actually a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but um, certainly. Certainly, anytime you lose, I, th- I think it's one of the few things that everyone in the sport agrees on. It's like we all want the, the pro paddock economy to grow. More trucks, more teams, more rides for more riders, more mechanics getting work, more suspension guys getting work. It's something that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. So uh, I yeah. was bummed for these guys, but I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. That's right. These were A-plus guys. So who actually gets bumped so uh, Mike Gosler can go back? Yeah, into working for a factory team or something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. Drew and Oscar, weird, weird man, some of the best suspension guys out there, and and yep, uh, yep. you know um, um, Lars, Lars, is great mechanic. So just among mm-hmm, a few mm-hmm. of them. So 
Um, well, that's it's sad. It's a chapter ended. It's a successful chapter, a successful team, I think. Um, let's talk about what's next. JT, what do you see Chad doing in 2016 and beyond? I mean, do you think he's got one or two? Does he have two more years of Supercross only left? I think that's his goal. Uh, I think I think that's right now sitting here uh, on Wednesday, you know, in the middle of summer. I think he's looking at doing two years. Yep, I do. Uh, where he ends up, uh, a lot of speculation to that. You know, and I think uh, a lot of signs are pointing to him being on a Yamaha. I don't think anything's done there as far as a signed contract or even probably even uh, numbers as far as negotiating. You know, but I think. Uh, I think there's a willingness for him to approach the Yamaha situation. I think Yamaha would probably be excited to bring him back. Um, it, I, you know, think I, it, I think the other the other teams there there might be some more roadblocks. And I don't see him necessarily being on a Kawasaki again because I think he kind of knows what what's there and he's looking for something different. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else kind of has their you know a lot of things tied up. Um, Honda Honda would be an interesting subject because you know. Uh, as we speculate, Tomac uh, going to a Kawasaki that would free up some budget there. Uh, Suzuki has, you know, they had they just re-signed Bubba and they have Roxton, so I feel like they're pretty secure as far as you know both who they who they're putting out there and and their budgets are kind of spoken for. So that leaves us, uh, you know, KTM I think is is stuck with Dungey. Well, I shouldn't say stuck, but they have their you know their <laughs> right. champion contender. Anderson's going to be on Husky again, which is a, was a big money signing. So I keep coming back to the Yamaha and the Honda to see him, you know, landing on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny though, J- JT. Like, look, he's he he he's been terrible in the outdoors, and and it hasn't been good. But um, these fans and people on Twitter, they they seem to forget that. Look, he won a Supercross race this year. He threw away podiums with some dorky crashes. He's a top five guy, if nothing else. Should have had more podiums. I mean, he he won a race. Like people are people are forgetting. Like, okay, I think his title days are over. He'll he'll get mad at me for saying that if he ever listens to this. But his title days are over. But um, let's not forget about his popularity. And he won a race. People seem to forget about this stuff. He'll get a ride. Uh, yeah, I would. I don't know that I would necessarily say his title days are over. I think it'll be you know tougher than it was you know, maybe five years ago in that sense. Um, I think it'll be his so It's okay, JT, JT, it's okay, because if someone told me Tim Ferry's title days are over, I would also be upset, so I get it. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm not upset. I just right, I get it. don't necessarily agree. Um, okay. I, I think if, he's, if he goes back to only worrying about riding his motorcycle, I think it'll be his best chance that we've seen in the past few years because it, it'll be the most focused he's been on only racing. So mm-hmm. do I think he's a favorite to win the title? No. But do I think, am I willing to say his title winning days are 100% over like you are? No, I'm not. I'm not willing to do that. So uh, I think, you know, it'll be good for him to get back to just the racing side of things instead of worrying about every, you know, every aspect of a race team. Leave that to the team manager. Leave that to people who have uh, financial interest in the team. You're the racer. Go race. You know, that, that's what you're going up against. So. You know, don't handicap yourself uh, before the season even starts with all this other overhead type nonsense. Weege, what do you think? What's next? Uh, I still think the best option out there is RCA once again. Um, I do yes, too. Yeah, Suzuki might have money tied into Roxon and uh, Stewart, 
But Brock Tickle's also over there. They do have a teammate over there at RCH. Now, I know that Tickle wanted to stay in that team so bad that I think he really didn't really play hardball in the negotiations and probably isn't getting paid a ton. But I don't think that that's, you know, a big salary is necessarily what Chad's working on here. I think he just wants a landing spot to utilize the sponsors he already has, like, say, Discount Tire, maybe this camera, his gear money and all that, without having to spend any money out of his pocket to get out there on the track. Uh, plus, there's so many other connections there, obviously, with WMG being the agency for Hart and the team and Roxon and Reed. He's already, as we talked about, negotiated with them two years ago. Um, to me, that's a logical fit because they do have a second spot most years over there anyway. Uh, I don't know how this affects Tickle. This is just speculation. I'm not telling somebody he's out of work. But to me, that's a logical fit. I, uh, the Honda thing, yeah. I know that maybe he rubbed those guys wrong two years ago, but whatever, man. Memories are so short when it comes to that stuff in this sport. I mean, Jeremy McGrath wrote a whole book trashing Honda, and here he was back as a rider and tester for the team for 10 more years. So I think all those things are on the table. But I do feel like for any other team, he would have to be sold partially as uh, what he can do as far as developing the bike, like for a traditional factory team to want him back. But yeah. for RCH, he doesn't need to sell himself on anything. But he's Chad Reed. He's a racer. He's famous. He can get some wins. And uh, we're all one big happy family over here. I think that's a very logical step. Yeah, I don't see the Honda option being as open as what JT seems to think either. Some of those, unlike McGrath, some of those same people are there at Honda now, you know, and things didn't go well. And, yes, you're right, Weege, memories are short in our sport. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's, I wouldn't close the door on that, but I like the Yamaha thing. I think I know he's been talking to Yamaha a little bit, and Yamaha would like to have him. They like the PR. They don't have a team to put him on. That's a problem. And the RCA thing, I mean, that is all the WMG thing. Steve Astafan is Reed's agent, and – a uh, hearts guy and and I mean you could I would even say weed you could put a third guy there they'll just put Chad off to the side for supercross only you know and keep keep a tickle or or, or somebody else like that and uh no that's even, even a better point you yeah. know I, I mean yep. Steve Asafan will make sure that Chad Reed has a ride and it'll be on that team and they'll make it work Chad likes a Suzuki you know it's a great bike everything else so um but I like the Yamaha thing I really do I think I just where would they put him, Wygant? Where could they put him? I don't think they'd put him with JGR. And maybe a star? Would he ride off the side of a star? But would Bobby Reagan and Chad Reed get along and Chad would have different gear than those guys? I'm, that seems really weird. Well, let me start with the first part is one of the main reasons Chad wanted to do his own team, and this is going to be a big uh, adjustment for him, is that he wanted to be able to do it 100% his way. The, the bike brand he wanted the components he wanted, and even the people mm-hmm. that he wanted. And we now have him on record, because he was a team owner and he could say whatever he wanted, saying which bikes he did not like. And I don't believe the Yamaha was on his like list. So you have to go through that obstacle first. Does he even feel like the Yamaha is competitive enough for him? Now, maybe he's reached a time where he said, well, I spent five years and I probably lost money. I did not lost money of his bank account, but lost money compared to what he could have made. Mm-hmm. by running his own team, and maybe he's like, you know what? Been there, done that, now it's time to cash in. Maybe it's not the exact perfect bike I want, but it's going to make get me on the track, and I'm going to get my money. Maybe he'd make that option. But as of right yeah. now, I'm still wondering about the bikes being an obstacle. I mean, he even said he considered a Suzuki for his own team two years ago, and he said he didn't like it as much as he did back in 2009. Mm-hmm. So can he check all those things out the door 
now that he no longer has the flexibility he's used to having. And JT, I know you mentioned that on the site today about it's going to be a big adjustment to no longer being able to call any of those shots and maybe just having to ride what someone's willing to give him. Dude, he's Chad Reed. He'll call the shots. He'll call his shots. Yes, but we've seen plenty of other big – okay, this Yamaha is the perfect example. Plenty of other big-name guys have gone on it and tried and tried and tried and tried, and they could not make it work for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, James Stewart, I'm sure, could call his own shots. Ask him how it went with that bike. I know this is an improved new generation compared to what you had, but it still has its attractions out there. Right. Unless, unless we can make the Reed-Villamin combo finally come together. <laughs> what do you mean? Villamin, Villamin uh, working with Reed? Well, the, yes, because, I mean, no one believes, the Yamaha is, believes in the Yamaha bike more than Villamin. Right. So maybe we need to get those two on the same page, same picture, maybe same team even. JT, has Chad ridden? Did Chad ride the new Yamaha, quote unquote, frame changes? Uh, I don't know that he's ridden. Well, I would think so, probably just a a production level model. But I don't think he ever tested the 15 uh, model. I think he tested the old old version, but not maybe the. Right, right. Yeah, which most people say that it's better. It's a better change, it's a better bike than it was. So. Yeah. Um, I really think the RCH thing is where he will end up if he cannot go to Honda or Yamaha. Because his agent... Let's all, let's all pick where we where where would you put your money on? You had to make had to weigh your bet right now where you think he ends up. Yeah, I, I would put it on a Yamaha. Um, really? Yeah, I would put on a uh, Yamaha um, because I think they will pay him the most and I think that they will um, find a spot for him. That's the biggest thing is where would he go? Where does spot go? But... I'm on, I'm on that side too. That's what that's what I would put my money on, and then my second place would be RCH, and third would be Honda. And I don't think he goes KTM. I don't think he goes Cowie. And, and yeah, I'm putting RCH number one. Oh yeah, okay. I'm putting. I, I I'm you're putting coming from Yamaha. Everything. Huh? No, you go. You go. <laughs> no, I was. I thought you were just. I thought that's where you're leaving it. Uh, I was just going to say I'm going to put it all on a Yamaha. Maybe maybe I'll save a dollar or two for the other option. Right, right. On Yamaha. Yeah. Yeah. I think what does help is I know that anyone listening to this sees the landscape and they're like, people haven't been dying to get on that bike and they don't even have a team for them. So how could you put that first? I think we know that the people internally at Yamaha would be very excited about this and would be willing to make huge moves trying to make it happen. So if anyone listening to this is confused as to, well, they don't even have a darn team. How is this possible? Uh when Porcel signed with Valley last year, all of a sudden it was like every one of those factory Yamaha guys was there, like white on rice. Like we're here, we're factory team again. Maybe, maybe they dust off a semi. Although I think doesn't Lanza Chad Lanza at Valley? I mean, he has their old semi, right? But uh, from them, what? I think they still own all that stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe they yeah. dust off a semi, or maybe um, maybe Lanza comes back again. Like, Chad, I don't know Chad Lanza very well. I think he's got a pretty big ego. He, he likes to be the man. And so maybe the enticing guy for coming back with Chad Reed, where Chad picks a mechanic, picks a suspension, picks everything, and it's a Valley team. Uh, can't you see that happening? You know? Definitely. Definitely can. What about smart top Chad Reed? I, mean, I think Chad is smart. Chad has, has a smarter top than uh <laughs> I mean, I, hey, who likes to make a splash? Literally in a hot tub, Mike Genova. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I yeah. I'll, I'll rule that. I'll rule that out. 
Okay. All right. I'm just I'm willing to rule that out because to me, like Chad's going to bring his his whole thing. I want this suspension and this bike and this mechanic and you know, and I'm going to just put it underneath some truck. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Something to, something to think about for sure. Uh, let's take a commercial break here. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Race Tech, and we'll be right back to uh, talk more about Team 2-2 and, and what's next for them. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race Tech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work. Whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love. Whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed. Or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX. 2015 when you order you can save 10 percent at racetech.com and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast and we thank you guys all right back to the show and we're back btosports.com racer x podcast presented by fox racing use the code pulpmx when you're checking out at bto sports to save big people okay so weed you like rch J- jt and i like yamaha uh with somebody um for Ch- for chad reed for 2016 and beyond. Um, JT, you say maybe two more years of Supercross only? Yeah, I think so. Yep, yep. Um, that would be uh, that would be uh, interesting to see how that would work out. And um, Josh Grant, we were I have him on the list, is talking about what's next. And cheese uh, weed, it looks like he may may call it a career. I know the Josh Grant standard career path which is to get a couple of good motos in outdoors show everybody that you're still fast get yourself another ride for next year really had his back up against the wall with really no chance to do that now um yeah so maybe he's just decided it's not worth it i mean i will say this about josh grant for better or for worse love him hate him the dude has been hurt a lot i would not blame him at all for saying you know what this just isn't worth it anymore i think it all comes down to his finances since we all know via the Inside the Outdoor series a couple of years ago that his mom took a lot of his money that he made in his prime years, I think we all assume he's got to get every check he can and stay out there as long as possible. But yeah, maybe he doesn't. Well, it's gonna. I would. Yeah, I think it would be tough for him to find a ride. I mean, again, more guys moving yeah. up. You know, you got a Bogle moving up this year. Uh, Muscan's got a ride for next year. I don't know where he would go. JT, it'd be tough. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Uh, as Weege wrote today, he's got to go out there and prove his point yet again. He needs that miracle, heroic ride this summer to lock something in. That's that's really really what it comes down to for me. If he wants any sort of serious salary, he's got to have that one moto. But I mean, who's he gonna? I mean, do you see him coming back? 
I do. do you? I think he'll oh, okay. end up racing. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I don't think he's financially set to just to just walk away. And then that's me just right. purely speculating. I have no idea. Uh, but I know how the sport works, and mm-hmm. I know you know how this all goes. I think right now he's it's a really uh, un- uncertain time for him, and he's got to weigh a lot of options and see what's even out there. Mm-hmm. But I think in, in time he'll realize that uh, he can still make pretty good money. Uh, you know, maybe he changes a few of the things he does. You know, he could race in Europe in the, in the off season, which he's really never done. Uh, I mean, that's a good way to add a hundred grand to your, to your bank account right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think there are still ways that, that he'll see that he can make a lot of money in this sport. He just may have to expand his horizons a bit. You think goose comes back? You think Mike Gosler gets another job or wants to come back? He loves it up I in don't Idaho. Think so. Yeah. I, don't, I think he'll be done. I really do. That'll be it for him. Uh, I couldn't you see yeah. him coming back. Couldn't you see him coming back working for Chad? Six supercross only. I think I think it's possible. I just think that he has a he has a business in Idaho, uh, a motorcycle business that he has up there uh, that he's been getting off the ground uh, over the last few years, and he loves being in Idaho, and he hates being in Southern California at the race shops and test tracks and all that stuff. He really, really doesn't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't own a house in California anymore. So I think this is, uh, I think it's just the right time. You know, and I could be way off. Maybe he's just like, no, no, I'm coming back. Right, I, right. I don't see it. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll ride off into the sunset. Chad would, I would imagine Chad would pick Lars as his mechanic if he couldn't get Goose, right? Lars may still have a job working for Chad on some team. So. Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. They already have the, the relationship and everything established there. So it would certainly make sense, but you know, do you think he, we, uh, have, we should put a disclaimer. This is all speculation. We don't have any of course. info on stuff yeah. like that. Do you think maybe Chad calls me? Maybe I dust the wrenches off? That would be a bad move, I think, on everybody's part. <laughs> everybody's part. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. How about this? What about this wild card for the 2-2? Something with Davey Millsaps. A Yamaha with Davey Millsaps. A Honda with Davey Millsaps. Something, with, something like that. Certainly possible. Right. Yeah. You hear that Davey's got some guy, a money guy, who's going to build this team around him, a la 2-2, right? We've all heard that, or I assume you two jerkies have. Yep, yeah. I, I've yeah. heard the same things you have. Right, yeah. so, uh, yeah, maybe maybe something like that comes around, you know? Um, Necessity is I think the, the one uh, obstacle. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying that he's the mother of creates a lot of shit. Never mind. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I agree with the point you're making, and, and even the say that you just barely managed to get out. But I do feel like if you start going too far off the the ranch here with weirdo plans like that, mm-hmm. it starts to sound too much like what Chad just got himself out of. Um, okay. Like I think the whole point is that's it. I just want a nice soft landing spot here. I don't want to, have to deal with any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Being on a startup team with a mysterious money guy in the back with Millsap, who's had his own issues. Even quite recently, uh, I, it seems like okay. that doesn't sound like a cushy landing spot when you're just trying to get out of such a situation. But you know, like Yamaha is involved with the with their star guys and with the and the cycle trader guys, like Bob Oliver, Dino Dan. They come over. The, you know, Chad has KYB guys can come over and test with him. Like Chad will still be on his own pro his bike that'll be all landed and taken care of and everything else, and he will just show up. Lars can handle things, you know, if Lars come back, you know. So, I mean, I know what you're saying, Weege, but 
I don't know. I think that's kind of still. Um, well, you know, I, I really well, think one for Reed. Hmm? I was going to say, Go I think the biggest thing for Reed is that he doesn't want to have the financial responsibility of all these things. You know, if, if he comes, if somebody comes to him with a, with a rock solid deal with Yamaha's financial backing and here's what you're going to get paid, you're not responsible for any expenses, you're not responsible for anybody's salary, you're not responsible for any of that. We're providing equipment, we're providing salary, the money's in escrow, yeah. so it's secure. I don't think, I think in that case, then he's open to a lot of options. You can put- it takes all the things that he doesn't want out. It secures his financial, uh, mm-hmm. you know, future, at least for the next year or two. And then he can go back to racing. So uh, that's a lot of ifs in there. But I think in that scenario, if the money's you know, rock solid and the, and the equipment's there, uh, I think he'd be open to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we think Discount Tire will stay with him as a personal sponsor, right? We, we're pretty sure on that. I'm pretty, pretty positive about uh, that, yeah. The fly camera thing, maybe that comes on as a personal sponsor and he runs it during the week or whatever. So um, we don't need to pass a hat around for Chad Reed if this happens. He'll be, he'll be fine. So. Um, hey, something I want to touch on before we wrap this thing up. So, Transworld Motocross um, reported last week. Oh, I want to. I'm supposed to make a note of this from for this podcast, but I forgot. Um, was it like the Monday after High Point? Tuesday after High Point? When did Transworld Motocross came out and said Team Two Two has closed its doors? The staff had been notified or whatever, and uh, we'll you know we'll keep you up to date. They posted as a breaking news and. Certainly, us three talked about this. We knew kind of around then what had happened. I got confirmation from somebody on the team what had happened, and we knew this was probably coming. We, you didn't proceed like Transworld did. Transworld did do this. They did break the news first, everybody. Good job to those dudes. But they suffered oh, yeah. the wrath. You know, they got the wrath of Chad, Ellie, uh, the Asta fan, um, they were uh, Transworld. Well, not Transworld specifically, but it was pretty easy to tell, um, you know, who who was directed at. Basically, um, they were called idiots, uh, not doing any fact checking, um, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys, do either one of you two, is, is this just part of the job? Or like for me, um, for me, I'm, I'm a little pissed. I'm a little like. This is stupid. I feel I, uh, most likely it was probably Michael Antonovich over at Transworld, the guy we know well, who did this. Uh, is this part of the game, or is this another reason for fans to to really shake their heads at at some of the things that go on in our sport? Why can't you go first? Yeah, I've obviously thought about this, and we've talked about it a lot uh, internally. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty ridiculous because yes, they got torn apart. Uh, like you said, they didn't. I think get named directly, but we know who the pointed jabs were toward. So I would like to say for those that were jabbing and saying, get your facts straight and do your research. What facts did they get incorrect? Did the team not fold? Did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Did the doors not shut? Were the, was the staff not let go? Were they incorrect with their story? Now I think where they get in trouble is you have to be very careful to, when you get a piece of news like that, and obviously you're going to hear that part first and you're not going to get a lot of the details is to do not speculate beyond that. I think where they really stepped in it was they then started saying, oh, Chad had a bad season, maybe he's going to retire, and they started throwing in other theories. Your best move in that situation is say, we, are hurt. we have heard 2-2 has closed the doors. That's all we know at this time. That's all we know. I think where they got in trouble and this leg to stand on on 
Reed's side or Ellie's side or Astafin's side where you can say, no, they got it wrong because they said retirement. We never talked retirement or something like that. So here's my tip to our competition. Don't speculate beyond what you know. So that's where they got in trouble. But I still am on their side. They didn't get it that but, wrong. They were 99% but, right. You know, Transworld didn't say Chad Reed is going to retire. They said we don't, you know, they kind of put some options out there. Now, us three knew right. Chad was not going to retire. JT, certainly you knew. Yep. I knew uh, from talking to Chad he's not going to retire. But um, I just I just think it's so it's – No, it's, I agree. I agree with you completely. They, yeah. What did they – what did they get wrong? The headline said two two closing. Did it not close? Yeah, yeah. People Were wonder, they wrong? People wonder why sometimes maybe the media acts the way they do in this sport. Well, look what we got to put up with. Look what we got to deal with sometimes. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. You know. They tried to reward the fans with the info the fans want, and trust me, this is a huge story that everybody would like to know as soon as possible. And what you get for that is being hung out to dry. Now I can tell you, yes, all three of us knew. And my advice was, let's just chill out and hang back. They're going to get killed for this. Yeah. And we're not, even though but, we know. And but, it's but, terrible but, that that's the way we have to operate. And, and let's be clear, we've gotten hung out. We've put it out there and gotten beat up and been absolutely correct yeah. on other things. That's the only reason we knew that, because we've <laughs> already done it specifically with this group. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, like when Chad hurt his shoulder in Dallas and we got in trouble for saying he's, his shoulder was hurt and he was out for the rest of Supercross, and then we got raked over the coals for that. And what actually was the case? It was correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I, just been there, done that. Why, why don't these people ever face any consequence? They can just spout off riders, agents, can spout off on Instagram or the media and call them idiots, call them wrong, fat checking, blah, blah, blah. And just nothing happens. Everybody just goes, oh, yeah, these guys are idiots. I guess it's just the game, right? I guess it's the way it is. I, I suppose so. Yeah. It's frustrating, though, you know? I know from having talked to uh, Aspen, like I said, they're able to kind of use the margins here and say they didn't fact check. They said certain things in that that were wrong, and that's our point, that they're idiots. So they're able to use those angles and say, no, they are idiots because they said retirement, and we never said retirement. So see, they don't know what they're talking about. So that's how they can sleep at night and say that they weren't wrong in the situation. Unbelievable. JT, any thoughts on that, on this? Well, I I think Weeds was very, very accurate in the speculation part. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I also think that with the, how do they get away with saying that everyone's, I think it comes back to celebrity fandom too. Um, I think in in the social media world, the average casual fan who is completely clueless as to most things that are really going on Mm -hmm. is almost every time just going to back the celebrity or the athlete immediately, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the truth or the facts or, who said what or who was right, who was wrong, they're going to back up the athlete or the rider or the rider's wife or whoever. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that's accurate or right or fair yeah. or right. anything, but that's what I've seen over and over and over. Regardless of the info at hand, people come to their defense. That's just how it works. Yeah, it's, it's brutal, for sure. I mean, you think you think, tra- scary. You think Transworld and, or Racer X are, are loving to announce this? You know what I mean? Chad's a great guy to all of us. He's been done well in the media, and we like them. We're not loving this. It's not awesome, but it's our job to report right. on you know, what it, we know. Yeah, and, and we've seen this on the Racer X side of things. You know, Davey or, or Wygan or whoever will report something that they know to be true. Uh, an athlete will come out and say it's not true, and immediately Racer X or whatever media sources 
condemned, called idiots, said, just told you're wrong when you know you're right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty brutal. And, and as you said, it's a, it's a bit unfair, but I, that's unfortunately the world we live in. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's just motocross. I think it's all sports. I don't know, man. You know, I don't, you know, we all follow, you know, major league sports and, you know, bad news gets reported all the time. And, and I don't hear anything from these athletes calling out the media on it. You know, I really, you don't hear Tom Brady. The denial, the denial of what's true, I think is a little unique. The denial, like these are cold, hard facts. You know what I mean? These aren't speculative things. It's when a guy's hurt. Or a team is folding. It's kind of black and white. Yeah, that's what surprises me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, you with uh, the Patriots thing, the Patriots came out to vehemently denied all of it, all of it. But they didn't. Robert, den- Kraft, Robert Kraft came out. Tom Brady came out. Oh, uh, there was all kinds of contradictory reports. So I, I don't know that that's necessarily always the case. But they didn't come out and say that ESPN is wrong about reporting that the footballs were being investigated. You know what I mean? ESPN comes out and says, Patriots well, are being... And that's the thing. You know, ESPN came out and said it was being investigated. ESPN didn't draw conclusions on the result well, or the, where, where it was all going. The fact was it was being investigated, just like the fact right. was Team 2-2 closed the doors. You know, and it's just... And I, and I think if that's where they left it, it's really hard to come down on somebody at that point. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but, even still, though, that the deflate gate, or whatever you want to call it, there are certain things that they can deny that to their grave if they want. You'll never be able to prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can have an investigation. But when it comes to a team closing or a rider being injured, the truth comes out by the next weekend if he doesn't show up and race or if the team's not there. So I think that's the difference. I understand any company, any person, any criminal, anyone, if there's something there's not 100% proof of, of course, they'll deny it to the end. But yeah. a lot of these things are uh, can't be denied. I mean, our perfect example is, Twice now with Ken Roxon, who's a good dude and pretty open and cool with us mostly, but that strange deal where he broke his arm, didn't break his arm before Anaheim won, everyone denied it. We were idiots. And then after Anaheim won, they then show photos of him with a cast on his arm. And then at Hangtown again, let's not tell anybody about this. Let's not tell anybody about this. This isn't how he's fine. He's 100%. He's fine. And then after Hangtown, here's a picture of me in the hospital bed. Yeah. Six days before. Yeah. It's brutal. Oh, well. Uh, all right, everybody. That's been the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, Team 2-2 Folding. Let's see what's next. Uh, we don't really know until uh, until it all happens. I think we're all in agreement. He's going to race. Supercross only. Brand to be determined. Team to be determined. It's a sad day when anybody closes their team, especially one that's like Team 2-2 that's you know had so much magic with fans and, and created so much uh, hype for the sport and you know had this little enterprise. And It's never a good thing, but the show will go on, and we'll see what's next for Chad Reed. As usual, Weege, we're talking about Chad Reed. We've been talking about it since 2002. Still going to keep talking about Chad Reed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, it's a good week for uh, website hits. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, all we need is Stewie to do something. Stewie, come on. Oh. Pull, pull together. Hey, I'll give you a perfect example of that. Uh, you know, Stu re-signed with Suzuki, which was kind of old news. Like, we knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, we were he, never parting ways with him. He had dropped that on my podcast. Was, yeah, he had, he had said yeah. it way back then that they were working on a deal. They were close to a new extension, yeah. Totally. So, uh, just to give you – so, we didn't really do anything big on that. We just posted a press release. I didn't think it was a huge deal. So, just randomly, I'm at some local-level NASCAR short track on Saturday covering a car race. And three different random groups of fans come up like, hey, oh, man, we love motocross. We see you on TV. We love Race Rex. How about Stu re-signing, huh? <laughs> exactly, it right? It was the number one topic for the three groups of motocross fans I saw last weekend. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. It's still a big deal. It is still a yeah. big deal with these guys. 
James Stewart, Chad Reed, forever, forever linked and forever pulling in the hits and the news. So, all right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, JT. Thanks, Weege. Yeah, no worries. See you guys. See you. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts.